All right, everybody, welcome back to the Bible Study Podcast. I am Travis Pauley, and here we have one goal, learn to love like Jesus. Here, as always, with Wes McAdams. Hi, Wes. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. Doing fantastic. Excited for another episode today. Yeah, me too. You, we, you briefly sorry. mentioned our topic, but yeah. I, I want to hear, hear more. We have not taken a question from an audience member in a while, so That's I thought right. we would do a question from the audience, and that reminds me, if... If anybody has any questions, they can um, submit them through radicallychristian.com. There's a contact page, and you can send that in. You could also be really cool to have voicemails. Oh, we love the voicemails. Yeah, so if somebody wants to call in and leave a voicemail, you may hear yourself on the podcast. The number is 707-238-2216. That's awesome. Yeah, so hopefully we get somebody that would leave a voicemail, so it's... Multiple voices on the on the Bible study podcast. But today's question comes from Matthew, I believe it's Garrick. Uh, I apologize, Matthew, if I'm mispronouncing your last name. But Matthew says, hello, folks, my question concerns baptism. Are we to be baptized in the name of Jesus or Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Thank you. Sweet, Short and sweet, short uh, right and to sweet. the point. Uh, great question, Matthew. Thank you for submitting that. Um, I, I think that... There's, there's a lot to unpack and probably more than we want to cover mm. in this episode. Part of this has to do with uh, the Trinity. So part of this has to do with there are people who believe, um, who are not Trinitarian. They do not believe that the one God exists eternally in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. So there are non-Trinitarians who have sort of... I don't want to call them conspiracy theories, but have theories about Matthew 28, 18 through 20, mm-hmm. and Jesus saying for disciples to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that there's conjecture that these, uh, that that passage or that idea was added later into mm-hmm. the text. I don't think that there's anything necessarily to support that. Um, but I... I so there's there has been for quite a while debate about the what we might call the baptismal formula. Mm-hmm. Um, what words need to be said when someone is baptized? Is Jesus giving the formula? And this has been sort of the orthodox position, uh, the Catholic. I, when I say orthodox, I mean non-heretical position, um, the the accepted position. Uh, the Catholic Church teaches and has taught that this is the formula that must be said at a baptismal ceremony, that it has to be in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that it has to be a triune baptismal formula for it to be a valid baptism. Right. Um, there are others Again, that, that that idea has has stuck, and then there's debate among non-Trinitarians and sort of the oneness Pentecostal movement, and di- different groups um, mm-hmm. have debated the, the formula that needs to be said at a baptism in order for it to be valid. So there are those that say, if Father, Son, and Spirit isn't said at a baptism, then that baptism is not valid. So if it's only in the name of Jesus— then that baptism isn't valid. Mm. Then on the other side, there are those that say if it if it's anything but the name of Jesus, if anything additional to the name of Jesus, mm. it's not valid. So if it's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's not a valid baptism. And so so people take both positions, and not only the positions that this is what should be said, but so much so that they would reject those that are baptized mm. with any other 
formula being said. Does all that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I have a sneaky feeling I know where we're going on this. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I guess it's it's one of those things that as far as where I'm coming from, I guess I would probably notice if I if somebody was being baptized yeah. and they I didn't hear Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know that I would get too up in arms if they just said Jesus. Yeah, or, that's interesting. You know, yeah. Because so, I know what it's connected to. Right, right, right. So in Churches of Christ, we have tended to follow the... Um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit formula, right. uh, because that's the more widely the more widely accepted one by mm-hmm. by most followers of Jesus and people that claim the name of Christian. And so that that wording, triune wording of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has has been what I've heard my whole life. What yeah. most churches of Christ practice, we tend to add to that also the forgiveness of sins. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins. Right. Um, and so we we sort of add that to our formula, and we mention that specifically, but not always. I, I remember yeah. when I was growing up, I didn't often hear that added to it. It was typically just Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I, right. I don't know that I've ever seen a baptism where they've only said the name of Jesus, where they haven't said Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I certainly can't think of one. I can't think of any that I think, I to your point, I think it would stand out to me as well. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. We'll, we'll just kind of read a couple of passages here. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is the Great Commission. Jesus is telling his apostles that he's, he's about to ascend to the Father, and he's going to send them out into the world. He says, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So mm-hmm. again, that's that's where that sort of official formula for baptisms uh, has has been taken. Right. And and again, that goes back very, very ancient um Christians, as far as we can tell, um, back to the earliest times, these are the words that were said when someone was baptized, right. was in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, but when you go through like the book of Acts, you find that those words aren't said in connection with baptism, that it typically is the name of Jesus. Um, so in Acts 2, verses 37 through 38, a uh, passage we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, um, Acts 2, 37 through 38 is Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. Right. And after he's finished, it says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there are those again, that are non-Trinitarian that use this to say, see, we shouldn't be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm. uh, because we should just be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, um, and anything other than that is not a valid baptism. And then on the other hand, those that take Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, as the formula, right. they they say, well, this is the formula. All these other times are simply saying, they're, they're saying in the name of Jesus, but it's not in a formulaic way, um, but this one is. I'm not really sure how they came to that conclusion that these others were not formulaic. This is not what's actually said at baptism. It's right. just the reality of baptism, but it, it's not the the words that need to be uttered mm-hmm. at the baptism. And I think that really brings us to the heart of where, where I'm coming from. 
I don't think any of these are a formula. I don't think this is about what is said at a baptism. In fact, when you really look at the way these things are worded, it's always what is done in the name of. Mm -hmm. It's not what is said in the name of, it is what is done in the name of. So the baptism is done in the name of, and and we can talk about other things that are done in the name of, but, but in this case, it's not necessarily what is being uttered or what is being said. Right. Um, it's what is being done. And in whose name are you doing this? Right. Um, and it's a good thing. We'll talk more about this in a second, but it's a good thing to specify in whose name you're doing it. But you can do things in someone's name even if you don't utter their name. Um, and again, we'll talk more about that in a minute, uh, probably in the second half of this discussion. But but it's it's about what's being done, not necessarily about what's being said. Um, so it, it's interesting just to make the prove the point sort of about it not being a formula. Because if it was a formula, then you, we would find, we would expect to find, as we read through the New Testament, that the wording is exactly the same. Right. But the the differences between what's said isn't just about the name. It's not just Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit or Jesus. It's also the prepositions. So not only does the quote-unquote name change, but so do the prepositions. Mm-hmm. So the wording is completely different, um, in different in different passages. So Matthew 28, verse 19, not only does Matthew's account of the baptism idea um, include the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the the word, the preposition that's used there is into, or ace in Greek. It's the Greek word ace, which mm. should or could be translated as into. So it could be baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Luke, on the other hand, in the book of Acts, uses uh, the word epi, uh, baptized in, uh, that would be Acts two thirty eight. So that would is Peter speaking, but Luke writing, um, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, again, the Greek word is epi there. And then in Acts eight and verse sixteen, it's baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. So it's ace, same as in Matthew twenty eight nineteen. So it's baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. So sometimes it's Jesus, sometimes it's Jesus Christ, sometimes it's the Lord Jesus, and the preposition changes. Um, And then in Acts chapter 10 and verse 48, it's baptized in the Greek word that could be transliterated E-N, the Mm. name of Jesus Christ. So we have, so far we have uh, three different prepositions, ace, epi, and in. And then, um, let's see, Acts 19 and verse 5, baptized into ace, the name of the Lord Jesus. So again, we have a variety of different ways that the same idea is expressed. So the same idea is being expressed in different words. So if the same idea is being expressed in different words, then we have to embrace the fact that it's not about specific wording. Um, And so to reject someone's baptism simply because the right words aren't said in the right way at the right time in the right order, that would that would be to to make an assumption from scripture that scripture isn't making, and it really would defy what scripture records because it records not a formula of the exact same words in the exact same ways 
always relating to baptism, it records a variety of different ways of expressing the same idea that we're baptized into or we're baptized upon or we're baptized on or in the name of the Lord Jesus or the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right. We'll talk more about what exactly that means, yeah. but I think we have to first conclude it's not about a it's not about a formula of I don't want to say magic words because I understand people are trying to be respectful and reverent and wanting to do it right. And and that's really what it comes down to. And I respect that. I always respect anytime people want to do something right. But I think we have to always come back to doing it right goes far beyond the surface level. It goes far beyond the ritual. It goes far beyond the ceremony. Um, that's that's the trap that the Pharisees fell into. That's yeah, the that's trap that, 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 that so many religious people fall into. That's where you start worshiping the words you're saying. You start worshiping the legal, you know, if we, you just have to do it this way, you have to, you know, you have to preface it with this. You, when, you know, you brought up Acts 19, that's where Paul, uh, it, it comes into Disciples of John, and they hadn't. They didn't. They were baptized with John's baptism. Mm-hmm. So I, that's. I think that's a good example of talking about. Well, the important thing is you're being baptized into the resurrection of Christ. Right. Right. You're right. being buried with Him. Yes. You know, and that's why we. That's why we say that because yes. we. It's. I think that really is important. Yes. Now, do you have to get that speech exactly right? Yeah. Do you have to get the confession? Everybody confesses the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you're. You're being baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Yes. It's not another baptism. Yes. But as far as, you know, you got to get every box checked. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, oh man, we're getting in, we're doing the same yes. thing that they did with the law. Yes. We're worshiping it instead yes. of worshiping the God who gave it to yes. us. Yes. It's, it's about the who. It's yeah. about, like you said, it's about who are we worshiping here? Who are we serving? It's yeah. about, and that's what baptism is supposed to be. That's what all of these prepositions imply, is that this baptism is connecting you to mm-hmm. God. Yeah. It is connecting you to Jesus. It is connecting you to the Holy Spirit. It is connecting you to the triune God. Mm-hmm. And yes, God is triune. And yes, he wants you to be baptized into his name and into the name of his son and into the name of the Holy Spirit. That, yeah. But again, that's not about what you're saying. It's about what you're doing. It's about your heart. It's about desiring to be in fellowship with and in connection with and under the protection of and under the salvation of and redeemed by this triune God. Well, I was also just thinking when you make it about the words that the this is this would be the specific thing we're talking about, it would be the baptizer mm-hmm. to the baptizee. Yes. Um, you're making it about the baptizer. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. that's, yeah, there's also a bit in Acts about, and, and the or in the epistles about, no, you're not baptized of Paul. Right, you know, right, I, right. I, I, you may have been going there. No, that's uh, a good, that's a great but, point. You know, where some are baptized of Apollo, some are of Paul. Yeah. And it's like, well, that, that was another thing they had to get away from. Right. Was it's, you know, you're not, He's like, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you except a handful of you. Because you're not more Christian because an apostle baptized you. Right. You know, you're you're Christian because you're baptized because you've, like you said, you're 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 voluntarily connecting yourself to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Yes. So what is what is stated so succinctly Mm -hmm. in passages like Acts two thirty eight or Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty for that matter that baptized 
into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, what's said succinctly there is unpacked in passages like Romans 6. Mm -hmm. And in Romans 6, Paul unpacks, this is what it means to be baptized into Christ, is that you are united with him in a death like his. You you are buried with Jesus into baptism so that through his resurrection, you can be resurrected and walk in newness of life. So he unpacks what that one phrase implies. But I think we also have to say that ritual should be meaningful Mm -hmm. and that ritual is good so long as it's meaningful. But Mm -hmm. when it loses its meaning and we're doing ritual for ritual's sake, that's when it becomes problematic. And, and, and so it's good, I think, for us to say, I, I'm praying this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I, I end every prayer that I pray in the name of Jesus or right. in your son's name. Not as a formula, like I'm, and I used to think of saying those prayers like taking a stamp and putting it on the letter, like it's not going to get there unless <laughs> I put that stamp on it. And that's how many people think about baptism, like it's, like it's this legalese in a in a legal contract where if I don't get every if I don't dot every I and cross every T, right. then somehow God's gonna be like, ha, gotcha. You know, I, I know I loved you so much, I sent my only begotten son to die for you so that you can have everlasting life. But yeah. sorry, the guy who baptized you didn't say every word right, so you're out. You know, it's like I don't believe in a God of technicalities. I don't believe that God is playing a cosmic game of gotcha. I don't think that God is looking for excuses to exclude people. That's not the God I serve. That's not the God I worship. That's not the God of the gospel. The God of the gospel is a God who loves the world so much. He gave his only begotten son. He's looking for reasons to include people, not reasons to exclude people. But yet humans... Oh, we right. love to exclude people. We love to say, oh, your baptism's not valid because you didn't say the right words or you didn't do this. And so we have to understand that this is what's happening at baptism. At, bapti- at baptism, you are being grafted into the family of Abraham. You are being mm-hmm. included in God's covenant people. You are being taken into the family of God, the fellowship that has existed before the foundation of the world between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you are now being included in that fellowship. That's what's happening. Like, you can't say all of those words, but I think it's good to say words that remind us of that, that bring that to memory. So for us to say, so I want to be really clear. I'm not saying, oh, so it doesn't matter what we say. Well, Yes, it matters what we say. Words matter. Like, it does matter. I'm not going to say, hey, because this is fun, that's why I'm baptizing you. Well, God knows what we mean. Like, I I think words do matter, but but it's not about technicalities, and Mm -hmm. it's not about empty rituals. It's not about magic phrases that if you say the words right, nothing else matters. Mm. It, It... it does matter, but it matters because there is reality behind the ritual. There is reality behind the words, and the words are merely an English expression, and we could get into that. So if if the words, if, if we're going to get real technical <laughs> yeah. on the words, yeah. wait, do we say it in Aramaic? Because that's probably what Jesus was speaking. Right. Or, or do, do we, we say, say it in Greek? Greek because, because that's, that's what Matthew was writing. <laughs> exactly. Or do we say it in English because that's what we speak? Like, yeah. which one is it? And and which preposition do we use? And which, yeah. you know, so we just, we get to the level of ridiculousness at some point. But, but I think that we have to affirm, yes, words matter. And yeah. yes, words have to represent truth and reality as expressed in the gospel. 
But if we go so far as to say God is a God of technicalities and he's looking for excuses to exclude people, well, now we've crossed over into something else. Well, when you, were, when you said that, you know, I don't believe in a God of technicalities. I thought of the Sermon on the Mount and how, how, how we can read the Sermon on the Mount. And sti- I mean, and I struggle with it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still struggle with, I wonder if I'm out because I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I have to watch that mm-hmm. because... You know, maybe, maybe, maybe some of that, you know, for being positive about it is, it's it's fear taken to a bad conclusion. Yeah. It's it's fear of the Lord yeah. taken to a play, taken beyond where it should go. Yeah. Um, but when you read the Sermon on the Mount, and you know, you know, you've heard it said, "Don't murder," mm-hmm. and I tell you, anybody who who hates, mm-hmm. you know, his brother mm-hmm. is is guilty. Mm-hmm. It, I, you know, it, you've heard it said, "Don't commit adultery." Uh, I say anybody who's looked at a woman with lust is sin. Okay, so that means uh, there's a great line in the chosen. I'm going to mm-hmm. bring it up again, but there's a, when he's ironing some of this out when he's pre- prepping that sermon. Matthew says, "Well, doesn't that mean everybody's an adulterer?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, and it's like, well, that that's the whole point. Yeah, it's God's not picking. Oh, you cross the line. Yeah, it's like you you're you're in a corrupt world. Mm-hmm. You're you're corrupted by mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm how that's manifested itself yeah. through you is debatable yeah. and it's and it's going to vary for every person mm-hmm. but we're all guilty yep. and so that's technicality seems to kind of go out the window when yeah. you look at it in that yeah. totality right and i was also thinking about the ritual side of it and how rituals are important i was thinking of something uh i was having a conversation with our middle school minister here Kyle Beard and he was talking about it comes up a lot in our conversations as well about gratitude. Mm-hmm. It's like that, that for me, I don't mean for gratitude to be this blanket thing that always comes up, but it kind of is. Yes, like, it is. I, I, when I, I can, when I'm actually appreciating the fact, cause we do have, I think with baptism, we have mm-hmm. a fair amount of ceremony and ritual mm-hmm. compared to many uh, expressions of, mm-hmm. of, of the Christian faith. And when I'm appreciating them and I appreciate what they mean. And I, like you were saying that, it's it's part of being grafted into the the family of Abraham, which which takes us back even further than the two thousand years since Christ. Mm-hmm. It takes us back even longer. Mm-hmm. It takes us back, you know, you, you know. Then when you go back to the garden, and you when you when you can appreciate that the heritage that you're a part of now, yeah, and actually like it's humbling. Mm-hmm. And then it's there's not as much room for me to get cynical about mm-hmm. it. There's not as much room for me to start looking around as was well, everybody doing it right, mm-hmm. you know, because I can stop and simply appreciate the fact that I get to be a part of it. I get yeah. to be a part of these rituals and yes. these ceremonies yes. that connect me to this long, long story. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I think that's exactly right, and I think that I think that's one reason why yeah. we we shouldn't even even I would take the position that you don't have to say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the mm. forgiveness of your sins in order for a baptism to be in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sins. Right. I, I don't think those words have to be uttered. I'm not advocating for them not to be uttered. Right. I think they should be uttered. I think they should be uttered because they're true. And I think they should be uttered because, like you were saying, we're a part of a, a group of people, a movement of people for 2,000 years mm-hmm. where we have been baptizing people. Now, obviously, we've debated and split and done all kinds of crazy things, but 
but this is these words have been said in in my family we have words that we say every night before bed yeah. um we we say a couple of different phrases we say god is good um uh, we say um do what's right no matter what and then we say the shema along with what Jesus says is the second most important commandment. We say, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength, and then you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we repeat that as a family every single night. Yeah. One of the reasons we say the Shema here, the Shema is the Hebrew word for hear or listen, Hero Israel, is because God's people have been saying the Shema for thousands of years. Jesus probably said the Shema every day of his life. So we're a part of a story and a heritage and a tradition that goes back to Abraham, goes back to the garden. And and this is something important. Now, are you are you wrong and sinning because you don't say the Shema every day? No, of course not. Do you have to say the Lord's Prayer every day? No, of course not. But but being a part of these things and and saying these things and being connected to them through the the bread that we eat, the cup that we drink, the words that we say, the water that we're baptized in, all of these things are a connection to God, to the Son, to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, and to each other, not just to everyone who's alive, but even those that have passed on from this life. I just want to take a short break from our Bible study to tell you that if you are enjoying this discussion, you might also enjoy my book, Beyond the Verse. You can find the audio version of the book at radicallychristian.com slash audible. That's radicallychristian.com slash audible. And if you're not already an Audible subscriber, you can actually get my book for free when you sign up for a free trial. So go to radicallychristian.com slash audible. Now back to the Bible study. Okay, so we we talked about these words that we say before baptism being important, but not being a formula. Right. And and we we briefly touched on the fact that Jesus tells us to pray in His name, mm-hmm. and we typically do say the words in Jesus' name, Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to be really careful that it doesn't just become a formula by which we are sort of like a good luck charm or like I always thought of it like a stamp on a letter. It, it, it has to be more than that. And and one of the reasons I, I, I'm so adamant about this is because uh, a passage in Colossians 3 that I think is really helpful for this discussion, but just for life, for life as followers of Jesus. So let's go to Colossians 3 and read um, 12 through 17. Do you, you want to read it, Travis? Yeah, Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay, so obviously Paul says, verse 17, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, so it's kind of intimidating. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. it is on multiple levels. One, yeah. it would be if we read that as a formula. Right. But two, 
even if we take it the way that he means it, which I, I think is fairly obvious, especially when you read verses 12 through 17, that yeah. he's not saying that everything you do, you need to utter the Preface words it, right. yeah. with, I do this in no. the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. I, I take this phone call in the name of the Lord Jesus. I, I read this book in the name of the Lord Jesus. I eat yeah. this food in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you say it's, it's well, you're wearing the name of Christ. So whatever you do. That's that's right. That's you know? exactly right. He's yeah. he's saying that we carry the reputation. Name has so many connotations in, in scripture, in the ancient world. Like someone's name was who they are. It's mm. not just the letters that make up their designation. Like in the English mind, in right. the modern mind, when we say name... That that means W E S West. That's my name, or Travis T R A V I S. Tra- right. That's your name. Well, yes and no. Mm. It's who is Travis. Your name is who you are. Mm. It is your personhood. It right. is your identity. It is your your reputation. It is it is your honor. It is your so many things that go into that idea of name. So. When God tells Israel not to take the name of the Lord their God in vain, he, he's not just saying, again, I, I think it's, it's wrong to use God's name flippantly, but he's sure. saying, don't, don't carry my name in a way that is dishonoring to me, that is in vain. Don't swear by my name. Don't take an oath by my name. Don't use my name in a way that brings me dishonor. Well, as his image bearers, as his name bearers, everything we do has the potential to bring dishonor to his name, which is why God punished Israel as harshly as he did. Mm. The people of Israel were punished on a stricter level than the other nations were. And so when God punished them, he punished them really harshly for things that other nations would have been like, wow, you know, I just got a slap on the wrist for that, but God really came down on them. Why? Because they bore his name. The city of Jerusalem was the city of his name. This was his reputation on the line. And so if he lets this stuff go on there, then the world thinks, oh, so Yahweh is a God of this. We get so caught up on the letters and the words. I've even seen, you know, signs. I won't specifically mention the groups that are behind these things, but I've seen signs that say the real name of God is Yahweh, and you know, spell out Y H W H, or the real name of God is Jehovah, and they're very specific on like you have to use the word Jehovah. You can't use a different. Well, even the word Jehovah or even the word Yahweh. I mean, there's so many problems with saying this is the real, true name of God. Well, yes, Yahweh is the covenant name of God that he gave to Israel. But as far as if you were an Orthodox Jewish person, if you are, or you you were an Israelite for a good portion of history, the tradition was you don't speak that name, you don't say that name. So they would use substitutes for the covenant name of God because you don't say that. Even... Even the the descriptor of God or Elohim, like you have to be careful when and how you say that name. So we get caught up, not just Christians, but even Jewish people have gotten caught up in the actual letters and words and like utterances yeah. of our mouth, forgetting, again, 
that's important. And I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying we should go around saying God in a flippant way or in a vain way or in a futile way. I'm not saying we should do that. We shouldn't do that. But to think I'm not taking God's name in vain because I, n- I never say his name in a blasphemous way may or may not be true. You right. can still use God's name in vain even if you never utter his name. If you're wearing his name, and you are, if you are a follower of Jesus, you're wearing the name of God everywhere you go. You're carrying the reputation of Jesus everywhere you go. And if you use his name in a way that's in vain, if you carry his name into a situation that brings ill repute upon him, you are taking it in vain. You are blaspheming the name of God, not because of what you're saying, because of what you're doing. So again, all of this, whether we're baptizing someone in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, or we're doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's about what we're doing, not just what we're saying. So yes, what we say is important. Yes, what we say should be truthful and meaningful. Yes, we should speak the name of God with reverence. Yes, we should baptize people and speak the truth when we baptize the people. But it goes beyond that. It says everything you do and everywhere you go, you are carrying the reputation of Jesus. And so you need to make sure that what you're doing brings honor and glory to his name, to his reputation, to his personhood. You need to do everything you do by his power, by his strength, under his authority, under his leadership, in submission to him. Everything you do, not just stuff you do at church, not just stuff you do religiously, but everything, every bite you eat, every movie you watch, every yeah. every word you speak, it all needs to be done in the name of Jesus. It all needs to be done as his followers. Yeah, I was also thinking, It's I've been thinking about this lately, about prayer mm. and about, and, the, and even thinking about that, that like a form of taking the Lord's name in vain is what if I'm, if I'm just praying because that's what I do mm. before I eat mm-hmm. or because that's just what I do before I go to bed. It's like, uh, I've gr- grown more and more uncomfortable with that because yeah. I don't like when I start praying. And I would say it happens more, you know, if... I, and I've started to think about it more when I'm, you know, praying with, you know, my family, with friends, with, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, we're about to eat and, you know, say grace. It's like, yeah, but it's, I think that's great to do that, right. but I would rather not do it if I'm just going to speed through it and mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's like, whereas when I, now I'm really trying to remind myself, like, stop, like pray about something specific to this group and it doesn't even have to be that but just that that comes i think as a result of like put your heart in the right place right. because you're talking to god right the fear of the lord yes. you know it's the beginning yes. of understanding yes stop be humble mm-hmm. like recognize who you're talking mm-hmm. to you're not just you know i i think i i've definitely let that become easy in times past mm-hmm. where it's just you know you can just pray out of obligation mm-hmm. and it's like that's he but he said he wants our hearts mm-hmm. he doesn't just want our like you said he doesn't just want our words he right. doesn't he wants what's behind it mm-hmm. because if your heart's in the right place 
the right words are going to come. Right. You know? Right. And the right actions are going to come. Right. right. We don't even, Paul says in Romans 8, we don't even know what to pray for. Yeah. It's the Spirit who intercedes on our behalf with yeah. groanings too deep for words. So, and, and then you think about what Jesus says to your point about about vain repetitions, mm-hmm. that the Gentiles, they think they're going to be heard because of their many words, or the people that pray on the street corners, or the people that do right. their good deeds to be seen by others. It's, it's this idea of religion for the sake of checking off boxes, for the sake of being seen, for the sake of making a good impression. This is not the type of religion that honors God. The type yeah. of religion that honors God, James says, is to, hey, visit the widows and the orphans and their mm. affliction and keep yourself unstained from the world. That's religion that honors God. That's true and undefiled religion. It's not, it's not these empty rituals and ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Again, that's not to say rituals and ceremonies are bad right. or don't have their place. They do. Baptism is a ritual. It's a ceremony, but it's a ceremony that's connected to a reality. Yeah. It's connected to the reality of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the salvation that's in Jesus, the adoption that's in Jesus. It's connected to the fellowship of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's it's a ceremony and ritual that's very meaningful, but if we disconnect it from that reality and we make it an empty ritual and ceremony, or we make our prayers an empty ritual and ceremony where we're just checking something off a, a, off a list and mm-hmm. saying, then it becomes, it becomes superstition. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a very dangerous place to be, but that's, that's exactly what human beings have the tendency to do is to yeah. think we'll be heard for our many words or think we'll be heard for our right words. And God says, I want to see, like you said, I want to see your heart. I want to see your God honoring behavior. Mm-hmm. God would much rather we're feeding somebody that's hungry in the name of Jesus than debating about in what way do we say in the name of Jesus when we say a prayer? How much further could we be from the heart of Jesus <laughs> to, to sit in a church building and argue at length for how we end our prayers or what words we say when someone is baptized and there's hungry people at our doorstep and we're not feeding them in the name of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Feed those people in the name of Jesus. Do good in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Practice mercy and justice in the name of Jesus. Do that in the name of Jesus. Stop worrying about the the formula that you utter before someone is baptized and start living out the gospel in the name of Jesus. Start living your life in the name of Jesus and let's not get so caught up. And again, I'm not I'm not, you know, talking about the person who submitted this question. It's a great question and it's right. given us the opportunity to talk about how we have this we all have this tendency to fall into this trap yeah and do you think i i often wonder if maybe some of the some of the time that that one of the reasons people out in western culture right now that there's there i mean there's a million different you know self-help teachers Mm -hmm. and people and and the reason why some of that's so successful is because well a lot of times it encourages people to do as opposed to just talk or just think or mm. whereas I think like you said I think we can easily fall I know I can easily fall into the trap of just wanting to talk about it mm-hmm. and not wanting to mm-hmm. not not doing it um and and I think that that's again part of this point that we make in the church of Christ about baptism is you know you know, there's that faith versus works mm-hmm. argument that can come into play mm-hmm. that I've certainly had that conversation mm-hmm. with different folks from different denominations over the years. And, 
and that it's like, well, no, baptism's not a work. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an, it's an act of submission, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's one of the points is you're doing what God told you to do. You're mm-hmm. not just talking. You're mm-hmm. not just doing something that you can do in your own heart. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's an outward expression of mm-hmm. what's in your heart, mm-hmm. and. And then on the other hand, like you said, I, 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 I mean, that verse about James, you know, and James says, it's, it's simple, mm-hmm. take care of the widows and the orphans. Mm-hmm. And that was true when he wrote it, mm-hmm. and he was getting that from mm-hmm. the law, mm-hmm. where it was, that was, that was the law, mm-hmm. was take care of the outcasts, the mm-hmm. orphans and the widows mm-hmm. and the aliens, I think, you know, the, yeah. the, the foreigners, mm-hmm. it's like... That's that really that's that's a that's a challenging thing that calls us back to it's like you said it's good to talk about mm-hmm. it it's good to work out our faith mm-hmm. with fear and trembling sure um, but it has to translate to action yep. it has to translate to us getting up yeah one of my favorite quotes and it was first said I think on this podcast in the first the very first iteration which crosstalk. was the crosstalk yeah. podcast back when I was in Abilene uh, one of my best friends uh, Sam Dominguez said. Jesus calls us to be disciples, not philosophers. Mm. And it's something I quote all the time. He, If he's listening to this episode, he'll cringe that I'm quoting him and, <laughs> and naming his name. But uh, but it's uh, it's so right that yeah. we—and and he was specifically talking about our tendency. He was talking about his uh, confessing his own tendency mm-hmm. to be a philosopher. Oh, and that's yeah. what we tend to do is, like, we just like to sit around and debate ideas and, and even divide over ideas and exclude each other over ideas um, and try to split every hair on, well, is it this? And what's the real nature of God? And what's the real nature of the Trinity? And what's the real nature of... And, and we have debated those things for 2,000 years. And going back even further than that, the Jewish people had debated and debated and debated. And and it's like the parable that Jesus told about the rich man. And that's what's mm. so ironic about parables like the rich man and Lazarus. The parable is about there is a starving man at your gate and you aren't feeding him. Yeah. And yet we've taken that story and said, let's debate the afterlife. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you should get it. We should all yeah. get a degree in missing the point because that's what religious people tend to do. We debate things. We talk about ideas. We talk mm. about words. It's just words about words about words about words. And at the end of the day, if those words aren't connected to actual discipleship, to following Jesus, to turning the extra cheek, turning the other cheek, and going the extra mile, and yeah. and loving your neighbor as yourself, and loving those who persecute you, and praying for them, and feeding your enemies, and giving them something to drink, if it's not connected to those actual deeds. It's not the way of Jesus. And so, yes, speak the truth when someone's baptized. Speak the truth at at the end of your prayers. Speak the truth in your prayers. Say your prayers. Be baptized. But baptism is supposed to be an entering into a life of discipleship. And unfortunately, sometimes it's so much more comfortable to sit in our safe church buildings and simply debate religious ideas and, and talk about who's right and who's wrong instead of actually going out into the world and bravely walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Thank you so much for being part of the Radically Christian Bible Study Podcast today. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I want to give a special thanks to Travis Pauly and to our McDermott Road Church family for making this podcast possible. As always, we love you, God loves you, and we hope that you have a wonderful day.